0: and thank you for listening to pod on the dog i'm your host verity hardcastle and you can find me on instagram at verity hardcastle so you might be out climbing a hillside with your dog maybe on the motorway going to yet another dog show or resting and enjoying a coffee with your fuzzy pal but whatever you're doing today thank you so much for tuning in this podcast is proudly sponsored by Buttonet box a brand i love for so many reasons Butternut Box is a freshly cooked dog food delivery service that delivers it straight to your door and takes into consideration all of your dog's dietary needs. Butternut Box genuinely care about dogs and they believe that good enough for your dog just simply isn't good enough because dogs deserve better. The meals are comprised of quality meat, veg, lentils, vitamins and minerals and don't contain any grain, wheat, gluten, corn, soya or sugar, all of which have been known to cause some intolerances in our dogs. So if you'd like to try Button Up Box for your dog, you can get 50% off your first two boxes with the link buttonupbox.com forward slash Verity Hardcastle. For today's episode, I'm joined by a member of Groom Team England who has taken the grooming world by storm with his stunning terrier trims. I'm excited to find out all about his trip to the world's how it felt bringing home that team trophy and how he pushed himself out of the grooming salon to be a multi-winning competitive groomer. So a really big hello and thank you to Kostin Stoiker. Hi. Good
1: morning. Good morning, Bertie. (laughs) Thank Thank you very much for inviting me. uh, Thank you for
0: joining me. We're saving the best till yeah episode <laughs> forty-four.
1: <laughs> and also, you know, I I, uh, I met them across, so I use also button up box uh um for my for my terrier.
0: Oh, fantastic! That, they'll yeah. love that. They'll really yeah love yeah that. they
1: really love it. So yeah, I use them also. They're brilliant.
0: Brilliant. Now tell me, where am I speaking to you from, Kostin.
1: Oh, I, I'm I'm uh, in in uh, in, in my salon
0: great because you do straddle between your home right, yes, in england yes. and in spain
1: yeah so this time you you called me in england <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving to spain monday morning
0: and you've had your salon all redecorated looks absolutely stunning
1: thank you thank you it has to look awful before i like really oh god i hate it i used to come to the salon and i was like oh god it was depressing so i, like, I had to do something so luckily i spoke with one of my my neighbors that she's really a good a good, uh, good uh, de- interior designer And she did all of this for me.
0: Wow. It's absolutely beautiful. I even love, I saw, because I was looking on your um, Instagram page, like the little curtain that's wrapped up. Oh my gosh, it looks so good. I would have never thought of that. I just. And my
1: beautiful jukebox over
0: there. That's incredible. Yeah. Now what I want to know is the jukebox been peed on yet though?
1: Um, Yeah. Once. Once. Yes. It's just, yeah. It's
0: inevitable. It's a good grooming salon. It looks you, great. you
1: suffer for beauty, so exactly.
0: No. I was actually on last week's episode. I was talking to Arissa Thomas. She's a groomer from America. Okay, um, she's fabulous, and her aesthetic is so beautiful. Like her salon's so beautiful. Like her page is so beautifully created and she was saying about the importance of creating a workspace. In which like it inspires you you really want to be in that space so that you can thrive and you know so i do think it's important that you did that
1: it is you know you want you want when you come to work you want to be happy you want to like mm-hmm. and also it's very important for customers you know you're if you if we want to be um professional you know you have to offer them some quality also because you know dog grooming also is customer service Mm-hmm. And it's how you sell yourself. You know, if, you go, if a customer comes in the salon with smells of, of dog of a pee or is full of, of dirt and dust, you know, people are like, oh, yeah. You know, I have so many people come to me and say, oh, my God, it doesn't feel like it's a dog room salon. You know, mm-hmm. it smells lovely. I make sure that I have no smells of dog in my salon, you know, I, and it's clean all the time. It's really important how you sell yourself. You want to be professional, do it, do it properly, you know
0: definitely i totally agree with that i always used to have like dog friendly candles burning in my yeah, salon exactly because like, i just think that, that especially that initial first impression when you walk in if you're yeah. hit with a dog smell
1: yes it it's not a good a smell sing, of this tea. place is meant
0: to be cleaning my dog why does it smell so yeah exactly and and
1: also you have to realize you know you, you have to be clean because you put a dog on a table and your salon needs to be clean it really needs to be clean you know it's no excuse for your salon to be dirty. I know it's a lot of hair, but at least we I have a cleaner that comes and cleans after we live because I am lazy and I'm after, to be honest, after five doors I don't want to bloody clean anymore.
0: Of course you know? don't, I totally get that. I'm the same I like by the end of the day we're like oh, sweeping with one arm, aren't yes, we? Like exactly. oh my God.
1: <laughs> So I have someone to come and clean after we leave, all of us we live and, and and they clean all my shop, you know, like floor, oh uh, windows, everything, you know?
0: Fabulous. That's so good. Yeah. So tell me what made you realize that grooming was a dream job for you.
1: (laughs) To be honest, they didn't realize I had, I need the bloody money. Let me tell you, I needed the (laughs) money. Uh, I, uh, when Kenneth told me to come to England, he told me about this pet uh, um, um, to become, to be a a sales assistant for Animal Magic Pet Boutique. And when I came here, he said, oh, you know, I don't think uh, because Pet at home just open next to us, you know, pets at home. So they used to have collars and we used to have like very expensive collars. We used to, I used to have Gucci bags in my salon, you know, for dogs. Yeah like 2,000 pounds Gucci bags. I have used to have like Zwarovski collars for dogs, you know. So it wow. was like really posh boutique, you know. But then he realized, you know what, people, they might not pay for that. So we need a dog grooming salon. So he said, do you want to be a dog grooming salon? I said, what a bloody is dog grooming? I didn't know dogs can be groomed in that time, you know. Um, so I knew if I say no, I knew that he might find someone else and he will fire me. So I said yes. <laughs> And they sent me, I've been to La Lalu in, uh, in London, Dogs Delights. I did there like 21 days and then straight away in the salon. And let me tell you, I hated it. Sorry. I hated it. I like really hated it. So I did it. I, I, I had dogs all my life, just so you know. So I love dogs. But dogroom, I did it because I really need the money. Really Gosh. need the money. But, um, Yeah. So I hated it. the first day. I really hated it. I was was horrible. Mm-hmm. I thought it's the worst job in my life. I really don't.
0: So why did you start competing?
1: Um, so after one year, uh, I met a, a local groomer and then she, she said, oh, do you want to come to these seminars? You know, something like that. So I was like, oh, OK, yeah, yeah. And then I remember I came, I was master groom. 2015, and um, Julie, I came as a spectator because they all come to this competition, you see, it's really beautiful. So, I entered this competition, I entered in the side, and I was god blown away. I was like what the heck is here what is this i was looking my first ever time when i see corina from germany she was doing a a continental a i was like what the bloody hell is this was like (laughs) you know as a beginner you're mesmerized by this beautiful groom you know so i met julie over there julie was my teacher so after i finished the grooming school 2013 um i started to do my job but i didn't keep in touch with her so after two years when i've been to this competition julie i saw Julie in the ring so she was doing a toy poodle. So she said to me, both of me and, and this friend of mine, she says, Oh, do you want to start to compete? So I was like, No, I'm not doing this shit. So I was like, I love it, but I don't think she said, No, no, come on, come to my salon, uh, and I will teach you practice and then and then uh you'll do your first groom. So uh um, your first competition. So I've been to her, she trained me to do a Westie, you know, show me the the, the the shape oh yeah I forgot work. she used
0: to do Westies didn't she Julie yeah yeah she yeah, she, yeah.
1: She bloody everything she? yeah uh, so my first competition was English Grimmers Challenge in 2015 wow and I got first place
0: fantastic yeah <laughs> so you obviously just had a natural aptitude for it I, you
1: know, you know, once I always say to women and like, you know, I'm doing a lot of seminars and I tell you, just do one competition and you have, you know what it is. You're a competitor. You have yeah. that bug. Oh, yeah. You want more, you know, you want place once you want to get more and more and more. So, I yeah. So it's right, the I, same I,
0: one, yeah, it's the same with my, you know, confirmation showing as well. When you start, you've got a dog that starts winning. You're just like, yeah. you're booking like all the shows because <laughs> <and> you're like... <laughs>
1: Yeah, you, you want to place and, and I think I, I, I'm a competitive person. I really, really love to compete. Julie made me to start compete. She was my mentor at the beginning of my career. So I own her, her and Kenneth, because Kenneth is the guy that support me financially, Mm. you know, and then it's Julie that showed me. I think when you start to compete, you need to have. Someone to sh- tell you what to do at the beginning, because sometimes you don't actually want, know what to do. So I was really lucky with her because she told me you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do, you know, what judge expecting from you, you know. Mm. So it's really important at the beginning of of, uh, of competing. It's really good to know what to do, you know. Even uh, having a tablecloth on the table, you know, it's like yeah. I was really lucky with her. Really, really
0: lucky. You were, you were saying that, and I mentioned to somebody on a record like three or four episodes ago that in America they have like a mentoring scheme. Okay. We don't seem to do it over here at all, and I don't know why. So if anybody's wishing to compete, all they need to do is reach out to somebody who's already a competitive groomer in the area, offer their help for free, obviously. Yeah, yeah. You guys can maybe travel together or meet there. But also, I mean, what they're imparting on you is their wisdom, which is, you know, fantastic. So you can help them prepare their dogs, you know, help them cart around their kit. And in turn, they'll help you as well. So I I don't know why we don't do more of this, like try and reach out to people because there's so many groomers out there. I know that we're, you know, we're all willing to help other people as well.
1: I have so many people doing like private seminars with me here. And I have already like 10 people starting to compete because of that. You know, Uh, I have, uh, I have this at the Lucky Show, I have a lady, she's so scared. I said, so I pushed her. So she's doing her first show at Lucky, her first competition. I always, I always push people to do it. The people don't realize when you compete, it's changing your eye. Uh, you understand more shape and balance. Because everyone says shape, balance, shape and balance. But you don't actually understand uh, what that means, you know. So um, competition makes you better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I was thinking to do like some, some, some seminars or I was thinking to do a live, you know, and have everything what I need for opening competition and tell them what judge expected from you. So I was thinking to do because someone says, oh, what do you have to do for this competition? How, how, how do you start it? You know, so I was thinking to do, to do a live and explain everyone what is about the competition and what competition does for you as a person.
0: I think that's great I think people learn so much from that I mean I was going to ask you this later but is this what you would advise your friends listening who are wishing to improve their grooms is this what's really helped you improve competing?
1: So what helped me at the beginning was um, first and first you know after I did 21 days of of, of my grooming school uh, and I was so scared so I started straight away YouTube helped me a lot my beginning of my career really helped me a lot and then seminars seminars changed my life and my styles you know really really changed everything for me the seminars um and then when i start i start to compete Feedback from judges i used to go to, to ask feedback because you know you go and compete yeah but you don't place mm. and i see lots of people doing that and i asked them did you go for ask for feedback no I said, why? So you go, you place or you don't place and then you go home. But why you didn't place? You know, go and ask your judges. Why? Because this is, I always, when even I, I win first place, I go and ask and they, they ask, why you come for asking for feedback because you go first place. Yeah, but I know that you know something that I did there that I can improve. You know? So if you, if you compete, if you're a competitor, go and ask feedback because that will make you better. And seminars, Seminars are really really important. I go even now after so many years, I still go to do seminars myself. And even I know 95% of what they tell me, that I found some five percent that I, I'm like, oh that's good, and I'll apply to my style and change my grooming completely.
0: Yeah, I've always thought with seminars, even at your level, if you can just take one thing away, you're continually yes. growing, and that's important. <laughs>
1: exactly exactly this is all about growing all about if i always people like, if you hear someone said oh i don't need i don't need to learn anything I, I know everything i think you should just quit your job because in dog grooming you's always always you always learn always constantly and,
0: there's so many, many breeds. Change. exactly yeah. styles so- change there's so many breeds like you cannot be an expert <laughs> exactly um, exactly all. So with regards to the feedback thing as well, I have actually found more people asking for feedback as opposed to, you know, when we probably started competing, people didn't really ask at all. But still, no. like, even if I judge a class now of like 30 in workshop, I'll still only get about 15 that come and ask for any feedback from me. Because I don't think they know that can, they,
1: I think maybe the shows also, they should say the beginning, you know. Go and ask your feedback because some people they didn't I have people say, Oh, I didn't know I can ask feedback. I said, Well, Mm -hmm. that's why you're here, that's why you pay. You know, you pay to improve your work. You know, you don't pay just to compete and like that. But also you could pay and the judge needs to tell you what was your mistakes, you know. So I think maybe the show they should tell at the beginning, go at at the end of the day. Oh also was someone say like, um, to write um, a review, like how you do in the show world, you know, about the dogs, you know, and then give it to the contest, uh, to the competitor in the end. Say, like, this is what you should improve with your dog, you know, because you know how it is. You, you're a judge. And you know, sometimes when you judge in the morning and then you judge in the afternoon, all the class in the morning will come to us for feedback, but you don't have the time, you know, and That's then true. by the time you finish the second class in the afternoon.
0: And then people need to get home as well. You yes. end up with a queue, don't you? If yeah. people stood there with the dogs. Exactly. And then
1: in the end of the day, when everyone is rushing to go home, you forget, and then they text you on Facebook. Oh, can you give me a feedback? And it's like, oh, my God, who is this dog? you know, and so I they think... That's
0: a really good that's a really good point, actually. We should just do, like, a, a little feedback thing that we just put on all the tables. Yeah,
1: Exactly, and then this is the feedback from you, this is the feedback from you, this is the feedback from you, you know, in it's easier. Because, because when they compete in two, their two hours, you can see, I personally can see... Who are my top three? And I can see what I what are people they can can improve, you know. So yeah. I think having a feedback, having that piece of paper for them is really important.
0: I think in America as well, though. I don't know whether it's our British mentality. I don't know what it is, but I often find as well that people take the feedback as like a real criticism on them, which is which is hard because I understand how much effort has gone into yeah. their grooms, but. I've had people being really funny with me when I've given them their feedback, you know, like, don't take it well whereas in America the mindset is very much like after a competition they've got the feedback and they all congregate and they all share their feedback they're all looking at each other's dogs and taking the time with each other and they were like oh well you said this bit was this and they're all learning off each other and sharing that knowledge which I think was absolutely fantastic and we still don't have that we kind of like squirrel away with our feedback and like keep it to ourselves and like rush home don't we
1: I uh, you know I I drive for feedback. I love. I always go. Give me feedback. Give me what can I improve? You know because yes. this is how you learn. You know you want to compete. You want to place. You have to listen feedback and take it. You know. Uh, I know people like you said people that they, they moan and go, like oh I don't believe I don't care. To be honest, I will say I learn. If we have to be honest, you know, I now if I've been judging by a particular person, let's say in a Terry class, because you don't have all the time the same uh, terrier people or you don't have the same poodle people, you know, to judge. you have people that are, are pure breeds or people that have hair shipping and they judge you. If I have three people that, and I know that you are my, you're a terrier person, I will listen more your feedback now than the other ones.
0: Yeah, like Yitka or yeah, somebody yes. like that. The and Yitka, you would, yeah. you know, you're interested to know because she's a show person and exactly. obviously has a long exactly. lineage with terriers. Exactly. Yeah. So I think think with feedback, I think at the beginning, when you're an open
1: class beginner, blah, blah, you take from everyone. But when you go to champion, you take the brief specialist, you know, because you know that he's like you, you're a brief specialist in puddles. I know you eat puddles every single bloody day, you know? So all the feedback that you give me for your puddle will be like, yes, thank you, you know? But I've been to a show in, in Europe. I'm not giving names anything. And I won Best in Show over there. And I asked, can I have a feedback from this person? And he said to me, she said to me, he said to me, I can't remember. Anyway, he said, look, um, I will be honest with you. I'm a, I'm a different breed. I'm a, a pure breed person. Uh, I don't want to give you a bad feedback. Uh, I love your dog. it's standing in a class. Uh, and that's why I place you. Because I, my eyes were drove by your dog. Well, that's great. That's feedback, and I I took it honestly. I'm like, really appreciate that. Then yeah, rather than telling rubbish.
0: them something that you were like.
1: Hmm. Exactly, and then I was like, "Are you?" And then thinking like, "Oh, she tells me it's really rubbish uh, feedback," you know. But because uh, he she told me that, I I took it like thank you. Like I, I prefer not to tell me. Don't tell me then, you know. But she was was really honest with me, you know. So I'm not telling you because I don't know. I just love your groom. Yeah.
0: Definitely. Yeah. And I think just totally. some judges,
1: they should do that. I do that like this. If I know, if I'm judging class and I'm not really sure, I'll go and ask one of the judges, "Can please tell me what to do. Because if this person comes and asks me feedback, I don't know what the blind to tell him, mm. you know, and I don't want to tell him rubbish things, you know. And then he goes home and he improves what I told him. And when he goes and you are the poodle person, you're like, oh, who told you that? That's rubbish, you know. So I don't want to embarrass myself, you know.
0: Which, again, it makes it makes sense at championship level, for sure. Like, at Open, I think there's a lot more that we can, like, yeah. point out. But, like, when you're grooming at a high standard like that, it's, you know, it's the, it's the fine things that, you exactly. know, that, yeah, unless you're a breed specialist, you might not see. You have been competing, obviously, with Fox Terriers a lot and also Standard Poodles. Why do you choose these two breeds to compete with?
1: Well, again, we'll go back to Julie. So... I'd start with the West East and then I compete with the West for two years. And then Julie said, right, people that get bored of West, it's disgusting. <laughs> so <laughs> I, used to ha- I used to have a Fox terrier that um, I used to groom here in the salon. So I said, look, I have a, this Fox terrier; It's really pretty. She said, okay, let's go. Let's go with this one. So I was like, okay. So, and then she said, uh, I think you should do something else also. I said, what do you mean? So she, Julie, you remember, she used to have a, uh, um, um, to the standards. Now she has just one, Eva. So she said, oh, you do a standard poodle. So I said, what? Yeah, yeah. So she put the dog on the table. She said, do this, 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 and done, finish." This was my training with standard poodle. So the next competition, she made me to the standard poodle. I learned doing standard poodle in the ring, like literally <laughs> in the ring yeah. from feedbacks. I go back to bloody feedbacks. So this is how I started to do fox terriers and, 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 and poodles. Julie just pushed me. And sometimes it really works, you know, because yeah. I love I, I love learning. I love to learn all the time, you know. So it's like I love challenges also, you know. So this yes, I will start to do started. And now I'm from next year I will start to do spaniels and um, and and puberty. Like this weekend, I'm doing my first ever Kerry Blue in the ring.
0: Are you
1: yeah, yeah. You know, I um we're competing also. It's also what what is your plan? What do you want to achieve? Yeah. Because I don't want to go in the ring and be like, why the bloody hell cost in the ring again? Why, what, what do you want to, to show? Mm. You know, it's like you did this, you achieved that, you achieved that. What do you want? It's like, sometimes you have to retire. Let the new generation do their job also. No, not just, you know, uh, I don't want to, I'm 38. I want to be now, I spoke also with Umberto, you know, and he said, "Costi, how long you'll do your terriers? Because I applied for, to become an EG judge for for hand shipping and uh, they approved me that, you know. So he said, it's time for you to move the other classes, you know. So again, my goals, I have goals, you know. I, ha- I want to achieve this, I want to achieve this, I want to achieve this. So my goals is now to become EG judge, you know. So I want to move to the, theater, the other three uh, classes to have my points and then finish my career in dog grooming competition world, you know, you know, because yeah. again, it's, you don't want to be like 60 there and be like, Oh, look at One me. One trick
0: pony still, still peeling yeah, out like, I get that. Like, like I totally respect that as well. Definitely.
1: And even like, uh, I feel sometimes I feel sad because I have people who's like, uh, like from Europe and like that. Why are you in the ring costing? Oh, you'll place again. And you know what's that? It's pressure. I don't want to have that bloody pressure. I mean, like people explain me to win first place. I'm happy with second place. I'm happy with third place. I'm happy sometimes not to place. Well, hope it not happen. But I'm happy with second and third, you know. I don't want to go in the ring and be all the time first place, first place, first place. Because there's a lot of pressure. People expect you to win all the time when you go, like, in that level.
0: Yeah. And then, obviously, it's also, like, I think people look at it like, oh, we didn't do very well. Just because you got second yes. in the champ class anything let me tell you people I got they put you down in class you know yeah,
1: people they put you down like i was depressed last year like really i thought i would cancel my as i'm not competing anymore uh once you go to this try level there are some nice not nice people let's say it you know but i'm surrounded by a few people they're really amazing people and just lift me up you know so sometimes it's good to have that two three groomers friends and then push you yeah. um but yeah, I don't want to be in the ring for, for life, you know. And that's why I started with Fox Terrier. So from next year, I will not do a lot of Terriers. I'm focused more on poodles. That's and yeah. and cables. Yeah, so, so it was Julie. Well. Was Julie get, your to in, get your
0: teeth in something new. I think that's it. Like, people obviously associate me with uh, being a poodle person. But when I was competing... I used to, I always did workshop. I used to do Tibetan terriers, loads of drop coats, like drop coat was like my yeah. other thing. So lasses, Tibetan terriers, anything like that. I used to just wheel out everything, but I used to get so bored as well costly. So every show I'd have like a different dog. Like, oh, I'm, I'm doing I'm, a schnoodle now. And I saw you in the ring with me in hair shopping class. Were you
1: pregnant? Were you a yeah. border terrier, I think? Or, not? Were, you, no, or no, were you? I don't
0: think I've ever done a border. No, but I always used to groom pregnant. <laughs>
1: I thought was, that was you. It was a mastered woman uh, around 2016 and I was in class. And I, I thought it was you. A hand stripping no, class.
0: I don't think I've ever done a hand stripping.
1: No, not um, okay.
0: Obviously, I've done my hires in my hand stripping. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And Yitka, I've done loads of training with Yitka just so I could do it. But Kostin, I hate it. Like, I don't, mind the, I don't mind a Border Terrier. And if you gave me a dog, I could probably turn out an all right job, you know. <laughs> to the very That's uncritical it. eye, I could probably do an all right job. But I don't like doing, you know, those multi-layer hand strips, like a Fox yeah. Terrier, Welsh, any complex hand strips, Scotty, things like that. Not for me. It's
1: a skill. Like, scissoring is a skill, you know. It's a skill and it takes time to, to reach that skill, you know.
0: Yeah. So. But I Isn't think either you you either love hand stripping or you loathe it. And I prefer I, to
1: do hand stripping than scissoring. Like I get see
0: there you I go. I get bored
1: of hand stri- scissoring, you know, because I'm doing half of the dog and then I have to match the other. I was like, oh bother! That's I true. yeah. So I prefer hand stripping. To be honest, I do.
0: Yeah, that's your thing. Yeah. yeah. So, what are your three can't live without grooming products?
1: Oh, um, my dematting brush from Artero. It's a, uh, it's a, this, the matting brush is bloody amazing. Like since I discovered it, I like, I have to have it. I take it everywhere with me. It's the most, the best, the matting brush that we ever been invented. Uh, second one, I love, uh, my mix because it's a, um, fast dry slash conditioner. So it mm-hmm. helps me dry the dogs so quickly. And my third one, my curves chunkers. Uh, okay like curved I, chunkers yeah curved ch- anything that's curved chunkers curved thinning scissors like makes your life so easy like so easy like like for faces for, for anything yeah that's my third that I always have them with me yeah so that's my three three brothers I have them all the time with me
0: mm-hmm. so talk to me about the world's competition just quickly, oh, you went to Belgium with the rest of Groom Team England. Obviously, it was such a <laughs> monumental event because you brought home the trophy. What was the experience like?
1: You brought the number one trophy. Number
0: one. That one yeah, was desi- I should have said, for
1: numero uno.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: numero uno. designer for 15 years was desired, wow. that number one, you know. Numero uno. Numero uno, yes. Like, it was... Um, unreal let's say even now thinking back because you know when you are there you don't know but I saw the lives and I was like oh my god I was like it's um how do I say it? it's it isn't unreal and it was, it was something that I was not expecting let's say I know I have a, I, I was really lucky to be in this team let me tell you first and first because I was with three bloody talented amazing women like you can't have better than Amy Manson in Spaniel, Cheryl in Breeds and Poodle uh, Kirsty. So I knew I have a strong team. I really knew. I was doubting myself. I really doubted myself because I was, I was like, I was, so, I was like, I have these bloody women that they've been grooming for twenty years. Uh, they've been grooming for twenty years, and me here doing Fox Terriers for three years. Here, here, I'm, I'm a bloody champion, and a world champion. You know, it's like I was like, I said, what happened if I? Don't do good. You know, when you compete for yourself, it's different. But when you compete in a team... Yeah, you, you don't uh, want to let down, world, do you? Yeah. the team down. So I was really, really panicking. Oh, my God. What happened? Blah, blah, blah. But it didn't happen. Uh, and then he came down to top six. <laughs>
0: And oh, I so, had you know, I was how like, did you I feel? Was, you must have been like fizzing oh inside, like, like even
1: now ah! I get really excited. I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, I said to Cheryl, I said because me and Cheryl we are like like sisters, so like she says like, oh my god, because I I don't think I'm good enough, blah blah. And so I was like, shut up, bitch. And then she's like, oh yes, you shut up. that so I said, let's hope at least we will be top six, you know. So when they announced the top six countries, we they said first, they said Greece. And then they said, and then the, the fourth time we said, oh, England. I was like, yes, we are top six. So yeah, like, and then you wish to be top three. You know, in my head, I was like, at least I worry. Really, I was thinking what countries they say. I said, I knew there'll be between maybe America and, and, uh, and Italy again for first places, you know, because this is what you expect, you know, America and Italy all the time, they win, blah, blah. So then they got sixth place was Sweden and then fifth place was Spain. Fourth place I was this was like I've, maybe this is
0: 60, us, yeah you explained
1: this top four they say yeah they said Greece top four <laughs> like I I swear when they said top four it was a fourth is with Sweden uh, um, Greece uh, I know Aileen Masters she's not really a cuddly person. <laughs> but I was sitting next to her. So I said to, to her, said, look, I know you're not really a cuddle person, but can I hug you? I, I need to hug someone because I'm so excited to be top three, you know? Uh, so I hug her. I was like, Oh my God, top three, top three. So I, I was on my phone with, with Kenneth. So I'm top three. Just so you know, little shit. I'm top three. And then, uh, when they said the uh, top third uh, the, the third, third place, place
0: that meant the, that you were either going to be second or first
1: my god let me tell you when I heard I was top six, top two I was like fucking hell you know then you heart, must have
0: been gunning for that top spot though when you like at second you're like oh come on do you think yeah,
1: yeah I, but I was like I really hope I was looking at the uh, they're brilliant the uh the Italian the Italian they really good groomers but I was like I feel, I felt that we are a strong team. I really did. I really, because I know, and also what happened, my judges, they didn't tell me nothing, but I, they used to come back to my dog all the time, back and forth, back and forth. And I used like, like and, and the amount of people, they came and tell my dog was fucking stunning. You know, it's like, it's like ridiculous.
0: But also um, when the judge keeps then coming I, back and coming back, you know that they really liked yes. your dog. And yes. they're but they're just toying it up between something else so you yes. know that so you're there like oh my god
1: One day judge <laughs> finished moved on. the, the one judge who finished uh, 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 what's her name um, Pina came back and looked at my dog again so I was like oh my god oh my god so when he came to top two and then he said this country already won before I knew did because you they, I <laughs> knew and then he said Italy and then uh, you know what You saw the lives. Was like fucking crazy. Like erupted.
0: It was. You guys go watch it back if you've not watched it because it's like if it doesn't put a smile on your face, you're dead in. I watched (laughs) like ten
1: times in that day. After like ten times, and it's it's what amazing it is. You know, it's. I will tell you also the story back for. uh, It's amazing that uh, me Kirsty and Cheryl was our first time ever. Mm-hmm. We never been in Groom Team in England and we never competed in the Worlds. That was our first time ever winning uh, competing in the World Championship. And what is higher than the World Championship in, yeah. as a competitor? It's yeah, nothing higher it. than that.
0: No, that's it. You're competing with the top four groomers from each country from around the world, like the best. Exactly. Basically, people don't know that when you compete, you get points. It's worked on a point system. Yes. The the competitors who've got the most points then go forward into the team. So this is why that they're the top four competitors from their country. So you're up against... The All top the best drummers. Terrier agreements from, ev- just one, one Terrier agreement for every country.
1: It was 16 uh, countries, you know, because some of them, they, they couldn't come because yeah. of the war. But even so, it was 16 countries. I think we couldn't do better, we could do better, we could do the same, we had the same outcome, even with like 21 countries. I think we were a really strong team, and also it's really important, the dogs, you know, because in the end of the day, it's down to the dog, because... It, People did not realize, but you have to respect your dog. The dogs makes us who we are today. Not us. Yeah, we are breeding groomers, but it's the dog. And in a in a in a champion class, in a world champion class, also you need to have the dog to stand out. You know. So we had actually top top dogs. You know. So that's where really, that helped us also. You know. And then it's your skill and your talent. You know. So it was yeah. a lot of pressure also. You know, because. Um, at least point, I felt there was a lot of pressure for me because Julie didn't compete. She didn't have the chance to compete and like that. So I was like, if I don't do well, what happened? People say, oh, maybe if Julie was there, we'll do much better. You know, I so see. like, yeah. so much pressure for yeah. me personally. I'm
0: sure Julie didn't look at it that way, but smiles, you know want to promote yourself as a group. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, also, I'm not as groomers, we have far too long to overthink these things when we're trying to. Yes. as well, do we? What? <laughs> 19, 20, 21. I have like four years to go Like my
1: head was like going crazy. Yeah, crazy yeah. Now. And also, it's it's a bigger achievement for me because I'm not English, you know. So uh, I think England made me who I am today as a, uh, as, a as a groomer, you know. Um, and in a you're way, an I was.
0: You're an honorary British groomer. Costa,
1: yeah. It. I, I was born and bred in Windsor Castle, darling. <laughs> Queen Victoria was my bird. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: So, obviously, on a bad day, what do you do to cheer yourself up? Do you just re watch your video then?
1: <laughs> Actually, I'm watching my baby boy. That makes me oh, happy. You know?
0: Yeah. How old if is I he a- now?
1: he's 27 months oh going back monday monday it's back to spain now for another month over there because i'll be back here for november december it's crazy in the salon Um, and i have the groomers markets uh and then i'm going to artero jornada and i have some seminars in november so i'm really busy so i'm going yeah so i'm going to spain to see him so Fantastic. yeah, he happy now. I have his tattoo on my hand. So when I look at it, it's like, oh, my brother, you know, if I have a dog that oh, makes nice. me happy. Oh, or my employees make me craze my head, you know, because my employees are actually is my family. So when I get angry with them, I just look at him like, oh, I'm coming soon, my love. Yeah.
0: That's so sweet. And also, he's a great age now because his personality is really developing. I find that they're not quite as hard, are they? They may be difficult in a oh, different he is way, hard, but- Oh, yeah. hard, hard.
1: It's because do. I don't see him all the time, and when I go there, I'm really spoiling him. And Ken is like, "Why
0: do? Doing- has no routine when you are mm-hmm. here. Nothing. Yeah, mm. I work is out of the window." That's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining me and Kostin He can be found on Instagram at underscore Costin underscore. Stoica, which is spelled S-T-O-I-C-A underscore. You also have a Facebook page as well, where I suppose you'll promote any seminars or anything that you're yes. doing yes. On so it's, there it's, as well.
1: Yes, it's Postin Stoica. Yeah, my, my Facebook page. Well, I have my private one and also mm-hmm. I have a, a page created. So one. I put like all the videos that I do and like that uh, seminars and workshops and also I have my academy, you know, my Facebook academy because also I just opened a new school like, well, at the beginning of, of the year. So I'm teaching now also.
0: Fantastic.
1: Well, I recommend
0: everybody go and get taught by Kostin because not only is he an amazing groomer, but you'll also have the time of your life.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very (laughs) kind.
0: So thank you, everybody, for listening to Pod on the Dog. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast. And if you'd share the podcast with one of your friends today, that would make my day. This podcast has been sponsored by Button Up Box, a fresh take on dog food. So for that 50% off two boxes, make sure you visit buttonupbox.com forward slash Verity Hardcastle. That's a bye from me and Kostin. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.